You're listening to Two Monicas in a Microphone, a podcast about nothing serious, seriously. I'm your host, Monica. And I'm the other Monica. Get ready to talk about anything and everything. Monica, we are back with another episode in our wedding series. Are you excited? Wedding season is, oh yeah, because wedding season is a thing. It's a thing. And I think anymore, it's every month. I mean, I got married in January, so I'm definitely not a traditionalist. Oh, and and I got married in October. Right. Which I think October is the new April. Hmm. (laughs) So many people will have fall weddings now, but that's not what we're here to talk about. And that's just the thing with weddings. There is so much content out there that curating it and scaling it down to an episode has been quite the feat today. Oh, I'm sure. And I know how you love to go deep into a subject. I do, but I had to cut myself off on this one. I thought I would do everything. You know, I thought I was going to do the flowers and the ceremony and the traditions, but no, I'm just doing bridegroom and wedding party. Love it. Have you ever really thought about why a bride wears white or why the groom is on the right? I did not mean for those to rhyme, but hey, you know, bonus points over here. Yeah, I love rhyming. Um, I mean, it occurred to me at one point because I wanted kind of an off-white dress and I was like, uh, I don't know. Gotcha. So you have thought about some of the traditions, right? Yes. But then others, like why the bride is on the left and the groom is on the right. I've never really thought of, you know, it's kind of like Christmas colors. They're red and green because today we're actually going to find out the origins of those traditions. So when you end this episode today, you're going to know a little bit more than when you came in and hopefully you have a couple of laughs. That sounds super fun. All righty. So how did this all get started? I'm not going to go from Adam and Eve. That makes no sense. They did not have a traditional wedding. All right, everyone. I am fast they were forwarding. Naked. Yeah, they were naked. And I don't even know if they got married. I don't know what's up with them. So I skipped many cultures. I skipped many centuries. And I decided that I personally thought this all started with the Victorians. Remember, I told you that. I said, I swear yeah. this had to start with them. So I went and Googled it. And yeah, and obviously it started with the Victorians. It, Queen, <laughs> of course it did. I swear they start everything. Now, I'm not talking about marriage. Clearly, they didn't corner the market on marriage, but I'm talking about over-the-top, decadent spending spree to showcase your opulence. Well, because if you were Victorian, you either had all the money or you had no money. Exactly. They were the originators of being extra. I would have loved to have lived in that time with all the money, of course. Oh, of course. You would not have wanted to be a basement dweller. No. So the white dress, it really does start with Queen Victoria. And if you look down here on the notes, Monica, I have a picture of her dress. Now one is her in a picture and the other is a portrait. Now in her portrait, you see cleavage and bare shoulders. Mm -hmm. And my parents would not buy me a strapless wedding gown, a true story but I should have just shown them this portrait of Queen Victoria and they would have obviously been cool with it but for well was she Protestant or Catholic because that plays into it right well that didn't play into why my parents didn't let me have a dress well no (laughs) I know but I mean in this portrait of Queen Victoria yes her shoulders are bare but for her actual ceremony if she was Catholic she would have had something covering her shoulders But my point is that my parents were like, oh, you're 
shoulders. Scandalous. Scandalous if my <laughs> clavicle was fully exposed. But if you see here, she is not covered. No, also, she's we not. don't know if she's Protestant or Catholic, and that doesn't matter for the rest of this. Which, why do we not know that also? I'm going to look hmm. it up right now. Go look it up. I'm really shocked that we just don't know that off the top of her head because it's not the first time she's come up. I think I think she's a Protestant, personally. That's, yes. We'll play a little we'll, game we'll here. We'll play a little game while I talk about the rest. Okay, so Monica, you're looking up if she's Protestant or Catholic, but... Why don't you give me your hypothesis on why you think Queen Victoria chose to wear white? Probably because she was evangelical. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Very interesting. So, and, <laughs> all right. Well, she preferred I, the Church of Scotland's Presbyterian simplicity to the Church of England, which she complained was so, not properly reformed. So she was Protestant. Her white dress was simple. Right, symbolic. but... That's a good guess, but actually it had nothing to do with purity or symbolism in that way. For real? For real. Yes. So I'm going to get into that because it's very interesting because you mentioned earlier, you had the question, could you wear off-white? Could you wear a crew? Could you wear winter white? We have such a stigma here in America about white with the brides. But the bride who made wearing a white gown popular was Queen Victoria, and she did it for political reasons. Now, I went to this really cool website, dreamstress.com, and she's a seamstress, and she's really cool. And according to an article that she had on there, the queen, she was a consort, not a traditional princess when she got married. Okay. So her attire was going to be a little bit different. She wanted to show her devotion to her husband, of course, but she also wanted to show her devotion to her country. Uh-huh. Which, as we know from our season one episode on the royals, she was very, very much in love with Prince Albert. But yes. this, yes. So if y'all want to hear more about that, just pop on back and you can hear more about that, which is also why we thought it's funny we didn't know if she was Catholic or Protestant. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so this is really cool. Like, I love this story about the wedding dress. It has nothing to do with purity and everything to do about showcasing how up in coming and powerful England was. So Queen Victoria chose to wear lots and lots of lace on her gown, which is where lace came from as part of the gowns, to support the growing textile industry in her country, in particular the lace industry. And she did this not only to show their prominence, but because she wanted it to grow and for there to become wealth from that. And you know what happened? It did. It did. So I would say that Queen Victoria is the first influencer. Uh, yeah, it certainly seems that way. Right, right. I mean, very prominent public figure, very powerful public figure wearing a lot of lace would definitely inspire other people to say, oh, I want to look like her. Absolutely. And that is exactly what happened. Now, most brides could afford the lace, but what they couldn't afford was the white fabric. Now, why do you think she chose white fabric? Because no one else could afford it? Well, that is part of it, but she actually chose it because it showed off the lace the best. Beautiful. And her, her white is obviously more champagne color which makes me feel better about my choice of a champagne <laughs> wedding dress. Well, traditionally, royalty was wearing more silver. 
And okay. so she went to the gold. So my guess is the silver must not have worked with the lace the way she wanted. What you said about the white is also true because women could not, in the just average woman, could not afford that white fabric. So it became not a symbol of purity, but a symbol of wealth to have that white dress. Oh. I do feel like modern weddings and weddings over, especially the late 20th century and then this entire century have almost been all about showing off your wealth. And we can get into that in another episode or another time. But back then, couldn't afford it. So fast forward about 25 years after she got married and had her wedding dress out there. And you know, they don't, even though she's the first influencer, they didn't have social media. So it no. took a while, <laughs> right? right? So, but the gap between the classes was shrinking. So more and more women were able to have white dresses. And of course they were choosing those because they could copy and feel like the upper class. Oh, it definitely shows how things trickle down. Yes. And so this is really where we get the white dress and it has nothing to do with purity. Believe it or don't. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that. Right. Doesn't mean that we don't still have that as a tradition in America, but that is not the origin. I will say this though, she did wear a symbol of purity. Now, if you look at the picture of her, she has a crown of orange blossoms and that was actually a gift. It was porcelain and it was a gift from Prince Albert. And that flower was associated with chastity. I would like to do a side note here about Prince Albert and Queen Victoria that doesn't have anything to do with a romance. But did you know that in their middle ages, they recreated their wedding photos? She put her dress back on and he oh, put on his She still fit uniform. in her dress? That's oh, I'm great. sure she did not. I mean, she's the queen. They had to let it out, I'm sure. If you look at the pictures, you will also know that, but it's so cute. So we think that retaking photos from the past, right? You know, that whole recreate photo phase is a new yeah. thing. No, sorry. Yeah. Queen Victoria invented it. Sorry. Oh, that's too funny. So I just had to throw that in there because you know me and my Victorians. Well, Monica, I think Queen Victoria has inspired a lot of people for many, many reasons, like not including the length of her reign, the love for her husband and her country. But now also I'm inspired by her fashion and what it has done to wedding culture. Yeah, she definitely had an influence on that. But she does not answer the question, why did white become associated with purity? And from my research on the internet, I will tell you this, no one really knows. And I didn't have time to take the deep dive into what I personally think would be researching cultural evolution shifts in this country over the course of 100 years. You mean you didn't have time to write a PhD thesis? I did not have time, but I think we all know that that might be something that I would love to do. However, not going to bore everyone today. We're going to move on to the next item of fashion that adorns a bride, and that would be the wedding veil. I know yeah. there are some famous veils out there. I mean, some from soap opera weddings, others from real princess weddings. And I always thought it's kind of nice, but what's the point? Like these two have known each other for a while at this point. So that it's just one of those traditions, like we said, they're just there. 
So where did it come from? I don't know if you noticed in the picture, Queen Victoria is even wearing one. She wore a long one down her back. I don't have any showing it over her face or her being unveiled. But that mm -hmm. is something that we do. Were you unveiled or did you just wear it down your back? I think I was veiled. I don't even remember. I think that you were. I think you had a very thin yeah. veil. I, and then, I mean, I still have it. Yeah. That was over your face. That's the way uh -huh. I remember it. Okay. So I mean, this all I was kind of a blur. <laughs> I was unveiled as well. And I really loved that part of the ceremony. I thought it was fun. I think it's neat. Don't do a whole lot of traditional things, ceremonial things, right? And a wedding has so many in them. And I right. like that part of it. The funny thing is, is that comes from arranged marriages. So like you said, Ooh. we've seen each other, but the veil was lifted at the time of the ceremony so that the groom wouldn't run away in horror, apparently. I was gonna say, that's terrifying. Yes, so you would want her veiled, especially if she wasn't pretty and in whatever way they were describing pretty in these times. Who knows? Nobody even Who knows. knows. Yeah, yeah, that could be anything, but pretty to the groom. And then he didn't have time to run, to run away. My um, God. Yeah. Terrible. Also, yes. Now, a lot of our traditions actually come from the Greeks and the Romans. Shocker. It's either the Greeks and the Romans or the Victorians, and they like sway everything, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> but so back in Roman times, it was said that the veil would keep away evil spirits, which apparently would just fly at you when your veil was off. I don't know. Yeah, I'm like walking down the aisle. That's the only time the evil spirits yeah. are going to attack you. Yeah, right, right. That makes so much sense. It does. And apparently evil spirits are tricked very easily. So another big fashion trend in a wedding is the bridesmaids and what they wear, right? I mean, you'd have to agree with that, wouldn't you? Yes. I mean, it's definitely evolved over time from you wear what I say to you wear what you want all in the mm -hmm. same color or you wear any color. So there's definitely been an evolution, but I never really understood how that all began. Well, Monica, you're in luck because we're gonna take a look at that right now. All right, so traditionally bridesmaids are dressed alike. It's only in modern times that we don't do that. And by modern, I mean you. Like, I think that even back when I, well, actually back when I was getting married, that was, so we got married decade, over a decade apart, just so everyone knows. Yeah. <laughs> back when I got married, <laughs> which was the turn of the century, literally, that we were just starting to do the trend where a couple of the bridesmaids may look different. And I did do that in my wedding. But traditionally, all the bridesmaids were dressed identical. Now, Monica, why do you think that is? Just take a stab at it. That's what's fun about today is why do we do the things that we do? the symmetry of the photograph that is exactly what i would think or like oh you should yeah. just all look cute or even i had always thought i probably went back to the fact that making a dress was really hard have everyone get the same dress so it's easier on the seamstress right right so okay. that's kind of what i was thinking well no none of that none of that is the origin anyway so here is some of the history that went into the bridesmaids and their dresses so first is to ward off evil spirits, much like the veil. That's so weird. Yeah, it is. Uh, the Romans were very scared about these evil spirits. So all the girls, they didn't just dress like each other. They dressed like the bride. And in fact, in Queen Victoria's wedding, that was the same. 
Wow. Yes. So they dressed like the bride. Now, the reason they did that is to confuse the evil spirits because they wouldn't be evil spirits are stupid. Yeah. And I guess on your wedding day, you're extra susceptible to them. I'm not sure. Other reason they all dressed alike was to keep away creepy exes. So a suitor may have asked for your hand in marriage in whatever tradition they did, and you declined. Well, they might show up to your wedding and still try to marry you. (laughs) Right? I don't know. So crazy to think about. But as I go through this, it must have been awful to be a bride on your wedding day as I describe some of this. It sounds scary. Yeah, okay. you've got evil spirits coming after you, possible exes. It's uh, just, like, oh, it's so bad. Run away. Well, yeah, exactly, which some people did. Now, as I explained, Queen Victoria and her bridesmaids all wore white. And in fact, they wore very similar dresses to Queen Victoria. So she is not the reason that we dress differently. Now, this is a funny story about Queen Victoria. One scholar has a hypothesis that she made her bridesmaids dress identical to each other so that they couldn't outdo each other or her. So my question is, was she the original bridezilla? It certainly seems that way. Well, she was the queen. So so what I'm thinking is that, yeah, because you don't want your dress to be outdone. And if you make them all wear the same thing, then you have control over that. So Mm -hmm. I think that the bride being in control comes from the originator of the modern wedding being an actual queen. I would have to agree with you on that hypothesis. But the thing is, is it's much like wearing white in associating that with purity. When did we start having the bride be in white and the bridesmaids be in a color? And the thing is, it's much like that gown in the color of purity question. There's just not a real solid answer when we made that shift or why we wanted the bride to be such a focal point. I mean, could it be narcissism? I don't know. I don't know what led that. And, but it is very traditionally American to do that. Well, what did they do in other cultures or like, let's say England, right? Because that Mm -hmm. ancestry, Mm -hmm. they all wore the same color. They still wear the same color, like even modern times. Well, they'll wear white though, too. They don't have this weird obsession we do with that. And I think so therein lies the difference. And in some of the things that I was reading back when I was doing the Bridezilla, a lot of the comments, because I went on to that one, The Sun, which is in the UK, they were just commenting that we, that they just, their traditions are nothing like ours when it comes to all of this. Well, and that goes to show that we've evolved as people. Yes. Well, that's good. As Americans. Yeah, we do have American traditions. We have hot dogs, hamburgers, and bridesmaids don't wear white. (laughs) So the other fashion icon in the wedding party is the groom because he's there and he has to wear clothes. I did not find anything to support my theory, and this is just a theory for me, and I want to see what you think. The groom is in a tuxedo that's very American Now, yes, of course, sometimes suit and tie, maybe sometimes just a shirt and a tie. I understand, but we are talking traditional wedding cake topper wedding, everyone. All right. So your groom-to-be is wearing a suit and tie or a tuxedo, 
but definitely not jeans and a t-shirt. Correct. So I am going to be the obvious official word on this by using deductive reasoning, which honestly might also be how someone answered the question to why brides wear white incorrectly, but who cares? This is my, this is my hypothesis. The groom is wearing his absolute best. Men do not have a lot of options when it comes to that. It's a suit, a tux, or a uniform. And this whole thing where the, so you've got the bride and she's in this over the top gown, fancier than anything she's ever going to wear again in her life, right? So you're not going right. to show up as her groom in a sweater and slacks. You're just not. You want to match her, which reminds me of when Zach and I go out and run errands. He always matches my clothing level. <laughs> That's um, so funny because Paul's always like, what should I wear? I'm like, I don't know. This is what I'm wearing. And so he matches me. <laughs> yeah, so right. So I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to wear leggings. He's like, okay, I'll wear shorts and flip-flops. Exactly, exactly. So you get it. They have to match us, and I, that's just part of it, and it goes to the wedding. And I think that's why they wear what they wear, because they're wearing their best, just like the bride is wearing her best. And then, of course, the groomsmen need to match. Maybe there's evil spirits. I think that makes total, yeah, evil spirits. If everyone matches, yes, it wards off the evil spirit. Monica, I was thinking about it. You're talking about the groom wearing his best. But if you think about it, starting in Victorian times, the men used to wear tuxedos to go to dinner. So their best was dinner wear. And then here's the bride buying an extra super duper fancy dress for her wedding. They would often dye that dress and wear it again and again or add different colors to it. So, oh, I didn't know. Yeah. So it is very much like the man's suit or like with Prince Albert in his military uniform. Now that we've talked about the groom and his men, I would like to just talk about the wedding party in general. So I'm going to answer a question a lot of people have, and you kind of brought it up. Why are there so many? Why is there not just well, I one? Think, well, I think that at once upon a time, it's because people had much larger families and you had to include all the siblings, all the sisters, all the brothers, all the, you know, uh, and prominent members of the community that you were friends with because it was a show of decadence. The origin of it actually has to do with the Romans and you needed 10 witnesses at your wedding. Whereas now we just need two witnesses and generally that's why you have the maid of honor and a best man even if you have a very small wedding. And so back in Roman times you needed 10 people to witness your wedding in order for it to be accepted legally. Well that's fascinating because now people just have a lot of bridesmaids and groomsmen because they can or think they right. Absolutely. And to each their own on that. So speaking of these people, we have the best man. Now we know him as the guy who gives either a funny, inappropriate, or way too long dinner speech, but he honestly had a very serious job back in the day. Did he really? Yeah. Number one, he was there to keep the bride from running away. He also needed to kidnap her for those marriages where the father didn't approve. I think that's a noble cause. 
Now, the word best actually has nothing to do with the friendship, which is kind of funny whenever people have a best man who is a woman whenever I tell you the story, because I would have liked to have seen this happen in medieval times. You needed your best warrior, fighter, or swordsman at your side because he might have to ward off neighboring enemies during the ceremony. In fact, he used to stand directly next to the bride and protect her. That's incredible. That I think is really cool. Now that answers the question too, as to why we have the bride on the left and the groom on the right is because the other groomsmen were also there for protection. And where do you carry your sword? You carry it on your right. So you needed to be ready for battle. Wow, so many traditions. Yeah, isn't it funny that literally has nothing to do with anything that we do today? Nobody is warding off enemies from the South or North or West or, or evil East spirits. or evil spirits. There was, yeah, your wedding day was pretty frightful. So next up we have the maid of honor. Have you ever been a maid of honor before? I have never been a maid of honor. I have. And, you know, what you do is you hold the flowers, fix the dress, help the bride go potty. Now, the maid of honor is like your kind of BFF who's there to help you lift your 27 layers and wash your hands after. Yes. Yes. So the maid of honor and her origin story is pretty lame. So the word maid of honor came from the British term for female attendant to the queen. It makes total sense. It makes total sense. Yeah, because you're the queen for a day when you get married. Yes. So and then you have this attendant who just runs around and makes you look perfect. Hey, friends, if you are loving this episode right now, don't forget to subscribe and leave a five-star review. You can do that on both Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Want more Two Monicas in a Microphone? Follow us on Instagram at Two Monicas Podcast. That's with the number two. And don't forget to hit that share button and send this episode to a friend, maybe an old bridesmaid, who might enjoy it as much as you do. I bet they will. Now, back to the show. All right. Speaking of bridesmaids and best men, there is a whole entire wedding party, right? They are the official witnesses. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought it'd be fun to see what duties you might have had as part of a wedding party in the past or superstitions that followed them. I know some of the bridezillas have had crazy requests (laughs) that we've covered, but I wanted to share a few from history and culture that was expected of the wedding party. This one goes back to what we were talking about earlier with the groomsmen. Um, They were expected to fight the bride's family members so that the groom could escape with her if the family was against the marriage. Oh, my God. This sounds more like Godfather than a wedding. Right. Yeah. So I guess they would like storm the house and then fight all the uncles and then take the bride. We are so blessed with the modern day weddings and plumbing. I can't even tell you. What if you were a bridesmaid? What if you were an official witness and you were asked to finger the stocking? I don't even want to guess what that means. (laughs) Sorry. What does it mean? 
It's a medieval tradition of checking the stockings of the bride to ensure the marriage was consummated. So I would like to oh, make an official statement that medieval people are weirder than Victorians. Yes. That's why I don't mm -hmm. like them as much, I think. They're just weird. I mean, read Canterbury Tales. No. no. Oh, my God. I could not handle reading that in college. I was like, this is the worst thing I've ever read. Who do you think invented the bachelor party? Medieval, Victorians, who do we think it is? I would want to say young brides who have never been able to do anything and this is their only chance. Man, that's a good question. I'm thinking like the 60s. Like, I don't know, maybe because I feel like- I would even say the 20s. Prohibition, you're gonna go out, you're gonna find a speakeasy. Oh, that's yeah. what I, okay, so that's what I would guess. It's actually fifth century Spartans. They would take their dudes out and they would partay the day before the wedding. I would totally approve of that because they could run like a hundred miles in a day. If you were a bridesmaid back in the Victorian days, you were meant to pin the flowers on all the guests among a bunch of other servant duties. Like okay. you, you were a servant, not like oh. today where you are yeah, an like honored a, guest. Absolutely. A VIP, whereas... Like the mother of the bride, the father of the bride, mother of the groom, father of the groom, honored right. guest. Right. Mm -hmm. So back then, nope, you were a maid. Hence the word maid. O-M-G, like Sienna said. <laughs> that makes so much sense now. And then the groom's men were men, meaning they were going to kill you with swords. <laughs> and they didn't have to do anything. Except kill people. If necessary. Well, so Monica, I'm okay. seeing here <clears throat> that um, we've been talking a lot about warding off evil spirits. Yes. And an open carriage was a great place for evil spirits to reside. Yes. So you would need to use bells or firecrackers to ward them off. I mean, that sounds a little silly. Right, doesn't it? I'm just imagining the bridesmaids with their bells and then the men shooting off the firecrackers. Oh, and then this one, this one that you have here, it reminds me of the phrase, always a bridesmaid, never a bride. If you were in three weddings before you were married, it was considered a curse. To break the spell, you would need to be in four more weddings. That's a lot of weddings to be in. You gotta do what you gotta do to break that curse. Mm -hmm. Now, another thing that bridesmaids would do is they would go into the bedchamber and help the bride undress and get ready for her big night. Could you imagine? <laughs> uh yeah, I mean, no. Think about the Victorian <laughs> era, though. You had corsets and you had bloomers oh, sure. and you had so many layers. Absolutely. Like, there's no way any dude who can barely function to, like, you know, <laughs> unhook a bra could handle a corset, bloomers, uh, petticoats. Right. Uh, like, all of it. That's actually that's, why people in the Victorian era were so chaste, is it was just too much trouble. That's not too to much be. work. <laughs> All right, and I'm gonna end this little bit of weird history in 19th century France. Oh, here's a little game that was played on the grooms. They, remember how we talked about the bridesmaids would be dressed identical to the brides. So this was happening in France yes. too. Okay, so what they would do is they would make him guess which one was his bride. And if he got it wrong, he wasn't allowed to talk or dance with his bride for the duration of the reception afterward. But in other cultures, if he got it wrong, he was forced to marry the girl he mistook for his bride. Oh my God, that's just so wrong. 
That's like, hey, know me by my feet or by my big toe. Why would you want to play this weird game? I have no idea. They obviously did not have the internet or iPhones. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know that where this was done. It's it said other cultures and it also said France, but I do not think this was a Victorian thing, even though it was during the Victorians. But they do not get credit for this weird. You're not going to give them credit for this? That's amazing. No, I know. They, they get credit for most things. Okay. So I did want to conclude today with people of the internet because there is nothing like talking about weddings and then talking about the insanity that bridezillas will inflict upon their wedding party. And I know we've already done a Bridezilla episode, but seriously, this is the content that never stops giving. So we were just talking about all these things in the past that you may have been asked to do as part of the wedding party. But now we're going to talk about some things that people today were literally asked to do. Like modern times. Modern times, like in the past okay. 10 to 25 years. Yeah, just checking, just checking, because some of this stuff looks a little bit weird. My college best friend gave me, in her words, a very distinct honor. Instead of walking down the aisle with a groomsman like the other bridesmaids, I would be walking her chihuahua. Yep, chihuahua. One of us had on a beautiful custom dress made from the bride's veil material, and one of us rented the runway. I don't know that she's the one that had the dress from the veil material. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm thinking she rented the runway. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. It's one of those things where she did feel like it was a distinct honor because she must love her dog an exceptional amount. If you're going to be a bridesmaid, you want to be with another human being. I think. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure. They could have asked her and a guy that she was walking with to bring the dog in a little wagon. In a Huffington Post article recently, they shared about a bride, and this is from that article. There was the bride who reportedly asked her bestie to buy 100 goldfish to use as table centerpieces at the reception. Naturally, she tasked the same friend with replacing any floaters who passed away during the course of the evening. Oh my God, that's so gross. I mean, like that's your job is to run around and switch out dead fish. I mean, and why bother with the fish anyway? You could just do like, I don't, I don't, oh, I don't even know. Can you, you could do even floating flowers. Can floating you even flower. imagine how gaudy and awful this wedding is if she had to have goldfish centerpieces? Um, yes, I can. Cause that same wedding I was in had some really gaudy, awful centerpieces, but they weren't live fish. Okay, everyone. It was just really <laughs> bad centerpieces. <laughs> So also I was reading an article in the sun. They shared where a bridesmaid said this. I'm mm -hmm. overdue at the moment and the wedding is in weeks. I'm stressed, but the bride is stressing me out so much more. She asked me to be induced so I can have my baby and be bridesmaid ready. I, oh no, that's just wrong. I mean, oh. I think that's like bridezilla extreme that is beyond a bridezilla to me that is just such a boundary that is such a narcissistic I mean, what that else how is, yeah what else is this person going to ask you to do because it's an inconvenience to her monica have you ever been asked to do anything like this 
like these stories that we've shared? No, I I really haven't. I was asked to do something. Now, the bride doesn't really know about about it. She didn't ask me to do it. It was my cousin, Amanda. And it is a funny story. And me and my aunt laugh about it to this day. Now, Amanda was gone. She didn't cater her wedding. So we had to bring in dishes for the wedding. We rented dishes. So I don't know if you've ever had any experience with that. So I think there was around 200 guests. Oh my God, that's huge. Yeah, well, it feels that way when I tell the story. I have no idea how many guests she had. It's the day after. So I stay an extra day because my aunts made all of the food and my mom and my dad were up there and I wanted to see everybody. Well, the next day, Aunt Susie says hey, we have to return all of these dishes, but they have to be cleaned. Oh my God, did you have to wash all the dishes? I did, but the story is even better. Due to some confusion, they accidentally had their heat turned off, so there was no hot water. Now, anybody who knows me knows that I love a challenge. I do. No, it's not that I love a challenge, But honestly, I just, if something needs to be done, I always find a way. Well, my uncle had a gas grill and he had a stovetop on it. So I boiled water and then poured it in the sink and then washed the dishes. You're insane. I am insane. The great part about the story is, is that, okay, sure. I wash all the dishes. It's hilarious. Bride doesn't even know about it. The next day I go and I deliver the cleaned dishes and find out, and this is what I had thought the entire time. I was like, why would you have us wash the dishes? You don't know that they're clean. You do not know what I did to clean them. They cannot be fully sanitized. That's disgusting. Probably put them in an industrial dishwasher and do them anyway. So you didn't have to wash them to begin with. Oh my God. I'm dying. (laughs) And that included Monica, the silverware. Oh, Monica, I'm so sorry. Yeah, so I think it's funny. I don't mind that I did it. It makes for a great story. I was able to visit with my family while I did it, and we laughed. And honestly, I think the best part is that I had to boil the hot water. (laughs) That being said, there are so many different traditions, and washing dishes is not one of them. But I hope that today we all learned a little bit about why we do the things we do. But what I love is they're not necessarily the reason we still do them today. That's true. I think everything's evolved and you put your own personal touch on the traditions, right? Mm -hmm. I'm excited for the next episode that's really going to go into traditions, superstitions, and the origin of the engagement ring. Yes, I'm excited too. And I came across a few superstitions that I can't wait to share as well. Oh, that'll be super fun. Thank you so much for listening to this episode and letting us be part of your day, whether that's folding socks, driving to work, or getting in your cardio. We're happy to provide you with entertainment about nothing serious, seriously. Don't forget to subscribe or follow our podcast so you never miss an episode. If you're loving it, leave a five-star review on Apple or Spotify. You can follow us on Instagram at 2MonicasPodcast. That's with the number two. Access extended show notes and more at our website, 2MonicasPodcast.com. Love this episode? Hit that share button and send to a friend who'd like it too. Thanks again, and we'll see you on the next episode of 2Monicas in a Microphone. Awesome. That was fun.